So this morning we heard from Matthew's gospel, the parable of the talents. And I think we could think of these talents as all of the gifts that God gives us. And I think the greatest gift that we've all received is our new identity in Christ. So that comes through the gift of faith. For most of us, our parents vouched for us when we were baptized as infants. And they said, yes, we want our child baptized into Christ. We want our child to become a member of the church, a member of the mystical body of Christ, a new creation. I remember hearing a funny story about this bishop down in uh, Kentucky, I think. And when he was meeting this family at the front door of the church uh, for the baptism of this child, he said, bring in the pagan. And the family's like, whoa. But it's true. When we're baptized, we become something new. And I think that is the gift that God is inviting us to appreciate more and more and to invest in more and more. I mean, you're all here on a Sunday morning, which is awesome. So you are investing in this gift, this talent that you have received. You're cultivating it. And I think like many of the gifts that we receive, namely our relationships, husband and wife, parents and children, friends, you have to cultivate a relationship, right? You have to invest in a relationship in order for it to grow, in order for it to mature and bear fruit. Bear fruit. Jesus wants us to bear fruit. He wants us to be fruitful. He wants the gift of faith and our sonship in Christ to make a difference in the world. Elsewhere in the gospel, what does he say? That you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. St. Paul referenced that in the second reading. We're children of the light. To be a Christian literally means to be an anointed one. Do you remember that? The word Christ, it's not Jesus' last name. (laughs) It's his title. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the anointed one. But as Christians, we share in his anointing. What was he anointed with? Or better said, with whom was he anointed? The Holy Spirit. Power from on high. But the Holy Spirit isn't just a power. It is a person. But in his humanity, Jesus received this anointing. So have we. And the one line that really stood out to me as we were listening to to the gospel today. The servant who said, out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Out of fear, 
I went off and buried your talent in the ground. I think that's very telling. Because Jesus is telling a parable here, and it certainly relates to him and to us, and to judgment, and to our faith. But one of the, if not the most popular phrase and advice Jesus gave throughout the Gospels was be not afraid. Be not afraid. How often fear drives our decisions. Think about that. How often does fear motivate us to do something or not to do something? And so when it comes to our relationship with God, when it comes to our faith life, God does not want us to act out of fear. I think you've heard me say this up here before, but it bears repeating in light of these readings. And that is the unique thing about Christianity when you compare it to other world religions. Other world religions do motivate their followers, oftentimes with fear. If you don't do this, then you won't go to nirvana or paradise or heaven. And so the motivation is fear. But Christianity, in its essence, preaches that God did this for us. The Father sent the Son into the world so that we might be saved. And so whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So the emphasis is on God's action. God is the protagonist in our relationship. God wants a relationship with all of us. He doesn't expect us to have all the answers. He doesn't expect us to always get it right. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. But he expects us, or he hopes, that we would trust in him. That when we fall, we would reach out to him who's already reaching out to us. And that we would accept his forgiveness, his hand, his love and mercy. And that whatever struggles we're having, that we would continually place those in his hands and ask for his help. He wants to help. God wants to help us in all of the circumstances in our lives. He wants to help. He loves to help. But so often I think we're afraid to ask for help. I was doing some soul searching this week and I discovered a, a part of me 
as we like to say, that really didn't want to need anybody for anything. Can anybody relate to that? There's a part of me that really didn't want to need anybody for anything. We call that ungodly self-sufficiency. But I, I imagine most of you can relate to that on some level. A part of you. I'm not saying that's you know, my whole entire being. But as I look back on my life, I used that as a defense mechanism, as a way to protect myself from getting hurt again. from certain people. And we all do that. We all come up with different defense mechanisms, coping mechanisms. Even in the practice of our faith life, we can even make the practice of our faith a kind of defense mechanism. I checked off all the boxes. I'm good. I can assure you that our relationship with God is not about checking off the boxes. That's really boring. And I'm afraid that too often we have taught our faith as just a series of obligations that we're supposed to check off in order to be right with God. Well, that doesn't sound very exciting to me. I don't know about you. That doesn't sound exciting. That doesn't motivate me. But rather, if I'm introduced and if I get to know this God who loves me unconditionally and who gave his life to save mine and who wants to be in relationship with me, who wants to give me a new identity that's not based on what I do or what people think about me, but on what he has done for me, well, that sounds pretty interesting. That's motivating. That's inviting. And that he wants to speak to me through his word and through the spirit in my own heart, in my own mind. He wants to relate to me and share his heart with me. He wants to lead me and guide me. And he wants me to spread this good news. That's not just a message, but it's a real power. It's not a dead letter. What we heard today is not a dead letter. It's life-giving. And what we're going to receive in just a few minutes is not just a symbol. It's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the second person of the Most Holy Trinity who took flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary, died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and who still lives in our midst through the sacraments, namely the Eucharist and the priesthood. He wanted to prolong his presence all throughout time to be with us, to accompany us, 
And yes, he actually wants us to participate actively in the work of salvation. What kind of fears did this servant have? Hard to say exactly. Maybe he didn't think he was good enough. He didn't have anything to offer. What little he would do wouldn't make a difference. People would make fun of him. We can all have these thoughts, most of which come from the enemy, who doesn't want us to even get started. The enemy tries to paralyze us out of fear. Fear comes from the devil. Doesn't come from God. And so let's let's ask the Lord today to increase our faith and to increase our desire to grow in friendship with him, to cultivate our relationship with him, which is not just about saying prayers. That's important, but that that is not the essence of our relationship with God. Just like any other friendship, it's about sharing your hopes, your dreams, your concerns, your sorrows. And it's about asking the Lord of your life, what do you want from me? What is my mission? What would you have me do, Lord? And oftentimes that comes from within. What motivates you? What passions do you have? What interests do you have? And God will work through that. Just like in my life, I was interested in being a teacher and a coach. God said, I can work with that. He already knew I wasn't looking to make millions of dollars as a teacher, a high school teacher and high school football coach. But he used those interests in drawing me to himself. And yeah, he surprised me. And you can be sure God will surprise you from time to time. But that also increases our trust and our hope in him and not in ourselves. So let us hope in the Lord today. Let's ask him for an increase of hope and it and to increase our desire to live in communion with him who so desires to live in communion with us that he gave himself for us so that we may so that we might have life and have it to the full amen